0: The 307RPG Podcast is streamed live every Sunday morning on twitch.tv slash 307RPG at 9 a.m. Mountain Time. You can also find us at our website 307rpg.com on YouTube and on most podcasting apps. Hello everyone and welcome to the 307 RPG Podcast. I'm
1: Patrick. I'm Nolan. I'm Zach. Fellas,
0: how you been? I haven't actually talked to either of you at all this week, especially not even through our, our normal chatting, text messaging, and Facebook. So, what's been going on? Anything fun? Nothing fun. Well,
1: fuck. <laughs> Zach? I finally bit the bullet and bought uh, Resident Evil 8 because I've been wanting to play oh. it for a while, but it was finally on sale. So, probably run through that for until I can't stand it anymore. So you haven't played it yet? No, I've I've completed one playthrough. I'll probably keep going until I've either done everything or I just hate myself in the game. So Fair enough. Is it everything you were hoping it would be? It is, yeah. I don't want to get into spoilers, but Resident Evil has always been like a zombie horror media. And for this one, they were just like, Why haven't we ever done werewolves? And then whoever was in the boardroom who said we should do werewolves, that person was like, everyone pointed them and like, yeah, we should do vampires, too. And they're like, fish people like, why not?
0: So So they're like all sorts of shit.
1: They were just like, let's go back to all the 30s. Bella Lagasse. Hollywood horror monster movies, and we'll just make all of them into a Resident Evil game, just throw them all in there. Great. Nice. That's awesome. So I've been playing a lot of that. Besides that, okay. just hanging out, getting ready for the holidays. They are coming
0: fast, that's for sure. Nolan, nothing, nothing exciting for you?
2: Nope, more of the usual busy week of work, and uh, uh, I guess dabbling a little bit with uh, Halo Infinite multiplayer, and that's been about it.
0: Okay, oh, okay. It's been a lot of early mornings and long nights at my work. We had our annual state survey, um, which can. I mean, you really can make or break a nursing home if you do poorly on it. We did very well, so I was very happy about that. Good job. Glad to hear that. It's yeah, of- I mean, unfortunately, our facility has had a reputation under its old name, had a bad reputation under its old name, and we are working very hard to dispel that. So it went very well. So we are very pleased. So yeah, that has been occupying my time. It's been a lot of be at work by 6, and you leave maybe around 7 p.m. <laughs> so yeah, long week. I was very yeah. happy for the weekend. Yeah. Wow. So So I haven't done anything. <laughs> It's so one of those weeks. Yep. One of those weeks. I seem to have a lot of those weeks. <laughs> so our topic of this week, we decided after kind of going over, they came from beyond the grave last week, that it might be fun to try to build a character. So we are going to be building a character. I sent Nolan an interactive character sheet so he can actually plug in the dots as we move along. Once we get to that point, um, no one will be able to pop that out and have that on the screen here so everybody can see it. So if you're listening to the show and not watching it, you can always find the show on YouTube and check it out there and see how we go through the process so but we'll get to that in a little bit because we do have some news that we need to cover first starting with dungeons and dragons WotC has opened up the pre-orders for the rules expansion gift set scheduled to be released in late january i believe the uh release date is january 25th this set will include xanathar's guide to everything tasha's cauldron of everything and the monsters and monsters of the multiverse along with a dm screen put together in a beautiful slip case those are watsi's words not mine
1: what are your guys' thoughts on this product? Zach, we'll start with you. Well, I personally don't think that we are going to need it. So I no, don't no. think it's something that any of us are going to be buying. But I think if you've just gotten the fifth edition for whatever reasons, or you hadn't picked up a book, this is probably the best time to get it. I understand, though, that you could probably get all three books separately for not $170. You could yeah. probably get it for like, Hell Amazon still does their buy 2 get 1 free deal basically every other month for Wizards of the Coast things. Might be able to get them for like 100 bucks or 90 or even if you bought all 3 separately maybe only 150. Well,
0: apparently you can get the the Rules Expansion Gift Set on Amazon for 152.96 instead of 170. There
1: we go.
2: Yeah, Nolan, what are your thoughts? Um, silver Vane. if you don't have them, it's not too bad. I, it is a little disappointing at this point to see no kind of discount, I guess, on those. I mean, you've got a couple of older books at this point. Uh, I think let's see here, Tasha's is 27 bucks, Xanathar's is 31. So, I'm not seeing the value if you just bought them, like you said, individually. So, I don't think having, um, I don't know, I guess you're paying 40 bucks for a dm screen at that point and that really feels bad and then yeah. also it, it's a cool box to put them in i guess but along those same lines of again you want people to pull the books out and use them so having it be a kind of a little collectors like all three go in their little home thing feels i don't know i guess if you need them to replace them or something like that it's a nice place to have them you could throw your old ones in there but the value doesn't
0: seem very strong to me I I think I'm in the same boat. I was looking at the price tag. I mean, the slipcase does look nice, but at the end of the day, it's a piece of cardboard. You know? Hey. It's got some fancy art on it, but it's a piece of cardboard. They didn't do anything special with the books themselves. There's no special covers or anything like that. I mean, maybe if they put the the special art or the alternate art covers in here and made this even more special, I'd be more on board, but at $170.
2: Well, and I think um, as I'm looking at it here, it looks like the $170 one is the alternate cover pre-order. And then oh. you can pick up um, the D&D 5e normal pre-order books. I'm just looking at another website, miniaturemarket.com. Uh, it looks like it's 135 140 there. So so that, that might be where that higher price tag comes in. And they are special looking. They're pretty, but again, they're very white. And you want to be used. And usually when I'm playing DD, I'm covered in Dorito dust. So.
0: so I it's interesting that you said that because I'm looking on um on the Amazon pre-order, and they don't say anything about the uh the alternate arts. It's just the regular art covers. Can you shoot me a link to that miniature mark? I think you just did.
2: Yeah. And that's just what I said. It looks like the Amazon shows that one there. But even then, Amazon 152, this miniature market has it for like
0: 135 for the normal books. Um, interesting so if you're going to buy this shop around
2: yeah it seems like everybody's got different prices and, and again going back into it um, 170 bucks alternate art cover they are not the alternate art cover that originally came out the one that you bought oh. is um, and if you look at that link there they are very again super white very uh, simplistic style it looks I mean they look really cool uh, don't get me wrong but it is very yeah it looks like that one there. Looks like it's something you're going to throw on your shelf.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, I, and that's to me. That's that's where they go, right? They, they, these kind of things, in my opinion, go on the shelf. I, it's not something I'm going to play with, so to speak. I just <sighs> well, again,
2: and, and the idea behind it, right, was. This looks like a little jumpstart set. This is to get people into it. This is to, you know, hey, you've missed out on years. Here's everything. You need a PHB and these three books, and you're ready to make characters ready for the next generation of as we go forward towards air quotes, five, five, E, you know, 5.5 or whatever's next. And then along the same line saying, well, these are really pretty books that you don't want to play with kind of goes counter to it. like slash the price, make it half off, get a hell of a discount, get more people playing the game. They have something cool. They've got a stack of three books with the PHB. They spent 80 bucks on the whole thing. They're ready to go and then get them addicted to everything else you got coming up for the next five years. Gotcha. Slip them the crack. Yeah. Let's go. Well, you're right. Drip.
0: Those are very white, aren't they? Yeah. I just see Cheeto dust all over them. Right. I don't even really eat Cheetos, but I have probably got Cheeto dust on them.
2: <laughs> they wouldn't even be in the house and it would turn up orange. I don't <laughs> even
0: know. Right. <laughs> yeah i think they're cool um i think they're interesting and 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 again it's probably going to be one of those things that i see collectors jumping on more than anything, and that's cool if that's your thing i mean great uh yeah i just i would have a hard time buying in on this one yeah they get like
2: some sort of discount for it you got two really old books and a new brand one a brand new one so
0: yep and you can get them all on amazon for a lot cheaper than the even the 135 i think you can get all three of them plus plus the old dm screen Which, I mean, the only thing you're gaining with the DM screen is the artwork, right? I'd imagine the insight's probably the same.
2: And at this point, every starter relaunch thing, you probably got four of them sitting.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: can only DM screen so much.
0: Everybody gets one.
1: You can just use a three-ring binder.
0: Yeah. This is true. In other Watsy news, they did announce the release dates for Strixhaven, a Curriculum of Chaos. I think I keep calling this book a Curriculum of Magic, and I'm wrong. It's a Curriculum of Chaos for the entire world. You may remember that this book was pushed back. They were hoping to do a global launch at the same time, but apparently that's not going to happen. The book is scheduled to be released in North America on December 7th. Australia and New Zealand will get it on December 10th. Europe and the Middle East will get it December 14th. And Southeast Asia will get it on December 16th. I don't remember exactly why this book was held up. Do you guys remember?
2: I don't think they ever said they made some cheeky comment about goblins stealing some paper or something or something where they were, they, they didn't actually say, but I'm I'm, guessing
1: I'm going to say everybody
0: else. Well, I thought about that too, but yet the other books that were scheduled to come out before there was no issues like Fizzbands is a great example. And the shipping was been going on for a long time. So and it,
2: well, my guess on it too is Fizban. You probably don't print as many Fizban as you do for because it's such a.
0: That could be true. It's man. almost a
2: niche book, right? So it's, if you like dragons, you got it. You probably don't need as many. This next one coming out is going to have a bunch of character options, and it, it's more players sh- will want this one versus just like a DM
1: thing. Uh, I, I would think that the issue isn't isn't that like Watts is having a hard time getting their books out, but that they finally ran out of whatever supplies that they had that let them make the books on time, um, either because the whoever, their printer or their publisher, like, had enough for, say, so many books and then had to start getting more. And they were able to keep getting more over the over the year, and finally they ran out.
0: I suppose and if now you now have Hasbro money.
1: Yeah, there's That's only true. so much no longer yeah, there's only so books. much money that you can throw at this problem before you eventually it's like no company can do anything about this
0: yeah no that's that's probably a good point i didn't see that's... anything else for D. did you guys see anything else
1: no not for D. slow week yeah um, i think they're just getting ready for strix haven yeah, and I, I mean, know WotC that, goes
0: on, they go on a Christmas break for a couple weeks in December where yeah. basically everything shuts down and then they come back after the new year. So I'd imagine we probably won't be hearing a whole lot more from WotC on D&D uh, or Magic for that matter. And we'll be looking at stuff coming out next next year. Yeah.
1: Honestly, if we were looking for the scoop, we should check Amazon's announced releases because they always leak the thing before WotC really has a chance. Like yeah, every time. Right.
0: You are correct on that. Let's hop over to Onyx Path real quick. Trinity Continuum Anima launched on Kickstarter this past Tuesday and is already funded. Onyx Path is asking for twenty five thousand for this book, and they're currently sitting at thirty six thousand thirty nine dollars. I know this isn't funded as quickly as some of their other books, like their vampire books or or, or werewolf books. However, Trinity is not as Trinity Continuum. I don't believe is as popular as as vampire
1: or werewolf. So the fact that it's already funded, I think, is awesome. And I didn't even know that this was a game until it came up, so. I'm glad that they're funded.
0: In the same vein of what we'll be discussing as our topic later, the jumpstart for They Came From Beneath the Sea was released this past week. I I pulled this directly from the description. It says, It's a beautiful sunny weekend on the beach. The kids are partying, the beer's cold, and someone's passing around what the locals call jazz cigarettes. Let's be honest. Life couldn't be much better in this 1950s slice of American utopia. That is, until monstrous Gilkeen emerged from the waves and assaulted our idyllic town and... Shadowy science researchers conspire to stop the party. You are the defenders of small town America, and you are the only people who can die or drive the tide of invasion
1: back into the sea.
0: That's that's kind of a fun description. Is the
1: doggy lo- going to show up and <laughs> surf his awesome. way? Uh,
0: I love the jazz. problem. I love yeah. the jazz cigarettes. <laughs> See smoking that marijuana, even in the 50s. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the jumpstart is available on drive rpg there will be a link in the show notes and it's only $1.99. $1.99, a dollar ninety nine and it gets you everything you need to play a game of they came from beneath the sea including pre-built characters and so i i think that's that's great that is a cheap way to get into a game to find out if you like it or if you're like just wanting to find that right group you can run it for several different people and have multiple games for a buck ninety nine yeah so I will be picking that one up because it's only two bucks and uh, it would be that could be a great way for us to crack the ice on. They came from games and see what it's like. I agree. I was looking over the project updates for Onyx Path and did a quick count of the number of books that I have. I should have done this, guys. I really shouldn't have done this uh, that I have coming after the new year. And right now, just from Onyx Path, the total is seven.
1: Seven new books. Nice.
0: Seven new books. That's that's a fair amount. Um, that does not include stuff that I have coming for Cult or Free League or any of the other publishers or some of the indie publishers that we've had on the show. I I really think I need another bookshelf.
1: I you only have the one. You're I gonna... only have the one.
0: <laughs> my wife is gonna kick my ass. It's
2: <laughs> time to knock out a wall and put in a library.
0: That's fine. Oh fuck yeah, let's do that. I'm I'm down with that. Nolan, do you have any updates on Dead Man's Rust?
2: I haven't gotten anything for a little bit. Uh, looks like they're still kind of working through it. I was trying to see if I had anything in those, but it's been it's been a hot minute since I got anything. I've got most of the PDF stuff as far as that goes. I've gotten all the pre order things. I've got my spell cards and stuff. So they've been really good about getting stuff out as it's there, just waiting on the final everything to come together. Um, I did get a little bit more from Tolus uh, from the major their their Kickstarter. There I uh, got NPC cards which are. I'm actually really excited about just from a standpoint of the that book is so big and the personalities and then being able to just like, it has like a picture of them. It has a brief description of what they look like. So you could read it out loud, uh, kind of their personality, how they interact with people and just a nice little cheat sheet on a, almost a playing card. And so with a book that big, you could kind of plan out your adventure for the day, have like the five, six NPCs they might run into. And so that's kind of fun. That'll help kind of get through that there. And then I did see... They hit some like five hundred thousand dollars for their plane breaker, uh, so oh, that went. That's that's awesome. Uh, what else? Uh, I think our friends with the battle lord. Uh, I think they're about a thousand bucks away from their goal with seven days left. So uh, okay, uh, make sure you guys show them some love if that's something you're interested. in, That thing's coming to a close soon.
0: Absolutely. Well, so let's, speaking of other Kickstarters, let's jump over to Free League real quick because they sent out an update for the One Ring, letting backers know that they are not immune to the shipping woes that is affecting everybody. I'm pretty sure I was supposed to receive this package uh, sometime this month, and now it looks like it won't be until late December, if not after the first of the year, which is fine. I mean, honestly, I backed this, what, back in June? And I'm going to have it by January. That that's fantastic. Free League did announce an upcoming Kickstarter for the game Vessen, and I just pulled this from the descriptor. It says, "Do you dare to leave the mythic north and set sail for for the misshrouded Isle?" Free League today announced a crowdfunding campaign for Vessen RPG, Mythic Britain and Ireland, set to launch at Kickstarter on Kickstarter on December seventh at three PM Central European Time CET. Zach, is that right? What was uh, the time is CET. Is that Central European time? I would assume. I would assume. I Come on. You're, you're my go-to on all this stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It says, face the mythic creatures of Britain and Ireland in the upcoming expansion to the multiple award-winning Vesson Nordic Horror Roleplaying. The brand-new setting invites you to experience gothic horror mysteries in the lands of Mary Shelley, Arthur Conan Doyle, and Bram Stoker. Uh, I did reach out to my contact at free league and they are actually working to set us up with an interview from someone from the Vesson team. Uh, hopefully we get to oh. do that very soon. Yeah. You know, it's cool. a game that we've looked like we've looked at personally without being on the show. And with this new Kickstarter coming up, I thought it would be really cool to have somebody come and tell us about the game and then tell us about the Kickstarter itself. With 10 days left to go. Cyborg is still just rocking it on Kickstarter. This Filling is it. that. Yeah, this is a Cyberpunk Mork-Borg uh, crossover. The project is sitting at $372,034, and I think the initial ask was $11,000. I know I would consider buying or jumping in on this one. I'm actually probably going to do the Vesson one instead. Uh, Zach, we were kind of talking about this before the show.
1: Tell us your thoughts on this Kickstarter. Uh, I'm, I'm still considering it, like, really hard because i really want it um uh the basic pledge for a physical book is only 49 bucks um i'm still thinking about it my problem is that i don't know if i want to get a book that i don't think we'd ever get to play
0: you don't want a bookshelf like i have uh i have
1: i have four bookshelves in my house and they're all full so we are already i'm working
0: towards you i see
1: yeah, we're already doing uh, alternate stacking methods where you have to like to get everything on there. The, sh- the shelves are bowing. I There's only so many books that I can have. And so I'm still kind of thinking about it. I kind of want the book. <laughs> but I'm worried, that... just looks behind him. <laughs> I'm worried that I'm going to get a book that I never get to play. Um, yeah.
0: I'd
1: and. Do that.
2: You just do what I did and unload most of your fourth edition stuff on a friend's kid, and then you don't have to back them anymore. So.
0: And now he has a bookshelf that is Boeing.
2: There we go. Somebody else's um, problem. Pass the book.
1: That's right. I don't know. I kind of got burnt by the Pathfinder second edition, where I got all the things, and I was like, we're never going to play this. And uh, so I kind yeah, of so taken.
0: I've kind of taken the attitude because I've backed a lot of books that I, I know I'm not going to play. Um, I backed Ghost Hunter. I backed Mummy. I backed Contagion. I backed Deviant. And I'm probably not going to play these. If I do, it's going to be a one shot. My thought now, especially like with the and stuff, I love the idea of and I love looking through them. I love just kind of learning about the world. That's kind of where I'm at. I'm not buying it for a game so much as I'm buying a book. Yeah, And that's how I'm rationalizing this stuff now. That being said, I have backed off my Kickstarters. I mean, we just stated earlier, I have seven just from...
2: It's um, nice that you slowed down.
0: Yes, my wallet needed that. (laughs) I have seven coming from Onyx Path alone, right? Uh, And I haven't, and I didn't total up the others. And I was averaging, and I think Nolan can vouch for me here. I was averaging like one a month, and that has changed. Now I'm being very particular. The last one I did, not including Avatar, uh, was back in July with um, the One Ring. Yeah, and I, I think
2: I don't know. For me, um, I my I think that one of the first things I ever backed was fall and don't ever back an MMO that's going to be in beta and alpha for <laughs> six years. You know, lesson learned type situation. I was really excited for it, but yeah, uh, I could have waited. But then something like uh, Dead Man's Rust, I got enough stuff where I, I get little pieces here and there. Still getting Tola stuff. I forgot to say, I uh, think like two weeks ago, I ended up getting a uh, the Doctrine of Gull, which is a adventure, thirty-one page oh. adventure that they there set out for you know TOLUS. and it's it's. It's again. It's laid out in the Tolis system of being really well done. The the art is very old school feeling. But then as you get into it as well, it does have the the side notes. It does have like, hey, here's the adventure hook. Why are people here? Here's the rival leaders. And then on the side it says, oh, see Chaos Cults, page seventy five, and Tolis. Oh, Knights of the Golden Cross, page one twenty, and Tolis. So you've got these references for these books, and it just the the. And, I don't know. It's been nice to just get those little things because it is one of the things I've got Tolis. I've got the book. I've got the stuff. I'm ready to play, and then I still get these little like, oh, hey, by the way, this finally finished, and here's the adventure. We've got a couple more coming, and so I don't feel bad about buying or picking that up just because it's kind of like Christmas every couple months, and so that's been nice. They've been in a so- good job.
0: I'm, I'm curious, what are your guys, and I'm going way off topic here, so forgive me, but what are your guys' thoughts on I mean, Because obviously we have our core group, right? It's me, it's you, it's the two of you, it's my wife, it's Dom and John. That's our core group, right? But does it have to be? Like, can we have, like, would you feel like you're like cheating on us if you went and started playing with another group?
2: I no. don't think so. And, and I think it is one of those things of, it, I think it depends on what it groupery. is. <laughs> I'm not picky. I'm a slut. I'll take d d where groupers, I get it.
1: Yeah. Poly groupery. I love it. <laughs> um, I'm not
2: picky. Uh, no, and, and I think part of that, too, is just, again, knowing the, the different things. of. I think we all have different interests as well. Um, it's always fun, too, when you grab a, a group of new people that haven't played before, and it's like, you know, you're not really playing. You're facilitating. And I think that's a lot of fun as well at this stage in the game, because then you can see people get addicted, which is such a fun thing. Like, oh, this is what it's like to be a drug dealer. Cool. Um, but as we as we attack those things, I've you know i got a group of friends that asked me to play, hey, we really want to play Monster of the Week. And I don't know anything about it, but they know I play these games. So I want to, you know, you want to check it out. I'm sure, Patrick, you know, somebody, you, you got the opportunity to play Star Trek or something like that. You're not going to think twice because it is one of those things of like, oh, I know the core group probably isn't necessarily into this one here. This is more my jam. And I think we all have those kind of games too, where it's like, this one starts to push off a little bit. Colt gets a little weird for me. If you guys played without me, it wouldn't hurt my feelings, you know? But when it comes to like playing D&D, I assume most of the time, like I picked up Tolis, I'm going to play with the core group. I'm not playing it with somebody else.
0: I think that's fair. What yeah. about you, Zach? Have you thought about like, like Cyborg, for example? I'm I'm sure I'm probably more interested in it than Nolan is. Uh, and I'm speaking for Nolan here. Like, have you thought about like buying the book and like getting a couple other people together to play?
1: Oh, Unfortunately, like maybe, man, maybe I should. I don't know. I just mean, honestly, I. I so, got you have Cymbarum to understand knowing, knowing in my heart of hearts that I would be running Simbarum for everyone at the table, which like I, I knew. So
0: it. just so you know, with Simbarum, I am fine with running that game as well as playing in that game. So if you want me to run it so you can play and we can take okay. turns, I'm cool with that because that game I oh my gosh.
2: One, well, I think yeah. when you back these type of things too, you you think about the table, right? Like that's just one of those things as yeah. well. Like Tolas, I love the game. If it was in the cipher cipher system, I wouldn't have touched it. But it moved to five v, so I knew that I could play the game with the people that you know the core group. So
0: yeah,
2: um, same with Cardlands. You know, it it the that that's where the five e conversion has been handy because it's made it easier for our table because we don't have a heavy learning a bunch of systems is probably not going to be common for our table we like to get right. together and we like to tell a story and that's what we like and then the rest of the details We're all pretty busy oh, you mean i have to roll dice now like you know can't i just you know act through it you know it's kind of fun so um,
0: anyway yeah, I was just curious what you guys' thoughts are on that. I mean, I don't, I, I sometimes, like I mentioned, like, do you feel like you're cheating on the group? That's kind of how I feel sometimes. I'm it's like, like, oh, it is, it totally is. Like, I think about playing they came from, right? And I think about the people that I would want to play that game. And and I'm like, but would everybody else feel like I'm leaving them out? Would they feel betrayed by me? Like, or or Cyberpunk, right? Or Star Trek, No, it was a great one, Nolan. Like, I would wager I could probably put together a group online for Star Trek, but I know it's not going to be with the majority of our core group, and then I feel oh, bad. And then I'm like, Aww. "Oh my gosh, am I betraying you guys?" Because well, and I like, think it's just I'm you put the offer you out there, right? right so yeah.
2: hey, I got a bunch of people wanna be Star Trek. Anybody understand? Like, you got a bunch of people wanna play Star Trek? Cool. Let me know how it goes. Like, I you know throw it up on live stream. I want to watch. You know, I'm curious about it. It's just I can't wrap my head around it. So maybe right. seeing somebody else play it, or again. I've ran a couple campaigns of small things for friends and stuff like that. And like, this is really good. Like, and I, I secretly was using them as Guinea pigs. So that way when it comes time to run it for the table, I can do it. Sure. You know, I'm just using them like, well, they're new. I'm new to this one here. I'm like, Oh, this was cool. This was cool. This is cool. When we play with the big group, this is what I'm fixing. So. Right.
0: So, okay. Same thing, same question or same type of question as, as podcasters. Okay. If someone from another podcast that did an actual play reached out to either of you, would you be willing to play in their actual play game on their stream? Yeah, de- well, sure, depends on the yeah.
1: game. I, okay. I, it, it ended in a disaster, but one of the most fun games I've ever done was the pickup game down at Puzzles with uh, Ad Halen that he did. I mean, it was not his fault that it became just an absolute shit show. Because nine sounds- people showed up to play, but like it was Ooh. it was a ton of fun like did did I accidentally end up bullying some kid? Yes, it was not fun- like was it good no, Zach, you evil monster you <laughs> I didn't even mean to there were nine people. I had no idea that he was in the shatter cone, oh my gosh, that's hilarious, but I you know, and I think sometimes we.
0: I think we just get like for me, I know it's a loyalty thing, right? I feel like I'm being unloyal to you guys. And and, and I don't want that because in it because like when you're in a long term <laughs> relationship, when you're in a yeah. long term gaming group, you are you're in a relationship with these people, right? These are your friends. You care about them. We don't just come together, play a game and then disappear right? We care about each other. Like we, if, if John's having a rough day, we're probably going to check in on him and make sure he's okay. As long as we know about it. Same with Nolan, if Nolan's struggling and he's having some issues and he needs help, you know, if he calls us, we're going to be there for him, you know, because we're more than just a role-playing group. And I think that does happen with long-term groups. Right? So I, I just, I was, I don't know. The thought hit me. It's like, well, is it a betrayal if you don't play with your group? no,
1: (laughs) okay fair enough <laughs> i'm sorry i'm just patrick i'm sorry but i do not want to play star trek i don't need oh I you're want, good i didn't even want to play that board game version of star trek like <laughs> oh zach you know let me so I, love no, star trek. I know you do it's just not for me yeah and that's perfectly fair
2: well yeah and i think that's some of the things of too of if you're not excited for it if you're not you know um as as the general term in uh, that i've heard before is you only have so many give a fuck bucks spend them wisely and yep. you know you're going to a place and if you don't give a fuck they're going to know that you don't care they're going to know that you're just there to show up they're good you know what i mean so you can if they're going to be happy if you just send you know a, a baby shower card if it's not your jam right just don't go there and ruin the party so make sure you spend your give a fuck bucks yeah. wisely
0: I agree. Zach, I do want to get back to topic here and I wanted to ask you, have you heard any updates on the runes of Simbram?
1: I think three weeks ago, they were, they did send out the thing that they were like, our revisions are done. Nice. So I know that at least the player's handbook is, is ready to go. Um, besides the alpha of the, uh, the bestiary, besides that it's just been the standard stuff of like, hey, this is your last chance to hop on board, get your late pledges in if you wanted a book, um, but besides that, I think they're looking at a February release date.
0: That's not that uh, far
1: off. It's not that far off, given how things go. If I get it in February, I'd be very, very happy. That's true. That's very um, true. One last, one little bit of news before we move on is I think it's the second anniversary of Scion Second Edition today. Is it really? I think so. That came up on my Twitter feed. So.
0: Okay. I did not hear that.
1: Yeah. So, you know. Uh, congratulations to the guys at Onyx Path Yeah, with that system, getting the second edition out for it to have gone, been going strong for two years now, like really and, well
0: done. And potential for a television show coming out on it. I mean,
1: yeah, television. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, I, oh. Again, I don't think the game was for me, but it was a cool game, and I'm glad that they got it out.
0: Yes. Uh, so we actually have it scheduled in the show notes to talk about Tolis next, but Nolan already did that, so we're going to skip that part. That's cool though, because I did want to bring up did either of you watch the first three episodes of Wheel of Time?
1: No. Not yet. That was my plan for and a time. in fact, I don't know if I'm going to. Can I ask why? Because the books are such a big part of like. My life and what I enjoy. Like, I'm not going to say like it defines like who I am, but like. These are the books that made me love fantasy. And. I know they're going to do a great job. And I lo- I've, I know that the people who are doing this are going to do a good job with it. But at this point, I'm like, I don't know if I can do it.
0: So you've seen the previews, right? You've seen the trailers, right? OK, so, you know, the scene where Marine is like channeling the one power and you see land flipping around in the background, right? Mm-hmm. OK, that scene is fucking boss. <laughs> so the Trollocs have attacked the Two Rivers, and she is just eviscerating them. And, and like I was watching it with my wife, who's never read the Wheel of Time series at all. And, and to be fair, I stopped reading um, the book after The Dragon Reborn is when I stopped reading the, the series. And I'm actually, in fact, right before we started, I went back and purchased the Kindle version of Wheel of, of Eye of the World. Because I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna read through the series. But there's a lot that's happened that's happened in the, sh- the first three episodes that I do not remember from the books. Now, I read uh, *Eye of the World* when I was 15, and so and I'm 46, so that was a long time ago. There's a lot about that book I just don't remember. There's a lot I do remember. Uh, I don't think Lan is dressed appropriately. I mean, he's in very very little armor, if any at all. Like if anything, it's like Leather Armor. And I don't remember them meeting an Eilman so soon or seeing one so soon. Um, And that happens in the show. There is a song where uh, Tom the Gleeman, there's a song that he does that I'm just like. I want to know the lyrics to this song. That's fucking badass. It's a really cool song. And then I thought it was interesting that every time Perrin comes on the screen, you hear wolves.
1: Really? Already yeah. doing that, huh?
0: <laughs> yeah, they're already foreshadowing that. I mean, and and there is some interaction with him and a couple of pack or a, a large pack of wolves. But like, even before then, it was just kind of quietly. And I'm like, wait a minute. And I had to back it up. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they are totally foreshadowing what's going on. And like, even with Matt, Matt starts, like your first introduction with Matt, he's playing with dice. Yeah. And so, I don't know. You know, again, I don't remember a lot from Eye of the World because it has been so long. If I had never read the books, this would be a really neat show. I do remember Eye of the World starting very slow. A lot of people introduce.
1: It's a slow burn.
0: And it is starting slow. There is, of course, the Battle of the Trollocs and Two Rivers that was pretty intense. The makeup is really, really good. Like, the Trollocs look freaking terrifying the eyeless ones look terrifying i'm a little bit not too thrilled about the costuming especially like Rand's costume i just didn't feel like it was i don't know it looks like somebody ran down to Coles and grabbed a jacket for him and threw it on him
1: (laughs) yeah but overall
2: i think i think some of that stuff too of, of humble beginnings opening up to more i think that gives the character a little bit more i will say as i look at stuff like this um the biggest thing that I can take away in this day and age is go watch some of these shows. If you're interested in it, don't trust reviews, right? Right. Don't, don't look at stuff. What do you, when you look at wheel of time, all I saw all week was like, Oh, another game of Thrones copycat. And I, I, I the biggest thing I'll say to those game of Thrones was good. It will be forgotten. We, you know, we're still talking about Lord of the Rings and the care and that kind of stuff. 20 years later, I just decided to throw that out because it hurts my soul. But, Game of Thrones will be forgotten because of what it was. it was neat. It was a great show. It'll be forgotten. Don't compare it. Don't you know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. Um, I think next Tuesday comes out the second act of He Man, and that thing just got obliterated with you know. Uh, I was really disappointed in it. I didn't know about you know they're coming a second act. I'm looking forward to see how they do the tale. You know what I mean? But that was kind of my thing. Of then you hop out there and it everybody negative press gets more clicks. And so if you like this kind of stuff, go with it. Don't read a review. Don't judge it until don't judge a book by it's cover, right? Um, And see what it means to you. And then maybe go back and read some of that stuff because you will find very clear like, oh, wow, I actually really enjoyed that. And then you read the reviews and be like, people hate this thing. Oh, people hate everything nowadays. So that's what gets clicks. So be mindful. It was a tough week. I haven't watched it. I've been saving it. Anytime I pop up stuff, all it was was negative this, negative that. And I was like, oh, that's. A... And then you would like scroll through a couple of things and you'd see a positive review. But it was just like some of the the hate for it didn't
1: seem warranted. So, well, it feels no, like... I, Go ahead, Zach. I'm very I'm insulated from that. I don't I have zero social media presence. So the only information I get is ones that I seek out so you can find trusted sources. I'm not worried about it being bad. That's not it. It's not like a lead of Battle Angel where it was so bad that I was just like, well, I guess my life is ruined. No, that's not my worry. Uh, I think I know that some of the changes that they have made, I think, artistically make sense. I think that they are the kind of thing that if Robert Jordan was writing today, it's something that he would have done. And I have seen Moraine channeling. And I think they did a great job of showing. They really did. I think it does an amazing job of showing that, like... This is horrifying. This is a woman who walked into this village, and socially, economically, and literally, she is the most powerful individual they've ever seen. And that at any point in time, all of their lives are in her hand. And the only thing that keeps her from just dominating and killing everyone is the oaths that they know she made. And I think it's doing a really good job of setting up down the line when, you know, the Dragon Reborn and the other Chandlers have to look around and realize that the power that they have been born with and given has to be used ethically because the people around them are scared of them all the time. And I think, knock on wood, you know, fingers crossed, when we get to Demise Well, I think we're going to see just like... I think they're finally going to be able to show why the series being about power, especially gendered power, is so important. And I think there's things... Some of the criticisms that I have seen was that it is very gender essentialism. And I think that's fair. Um, I think the point of the story was about gender, though. So I think that's kind of an issue that some people are going to run into But it was written in the 90s, and I think Robert Jordan, if he were writing today, knowing what we know, would have addressed those concerns. But when he was writing, he was writing about conflict between genders. So I'm sure that the people who are doing this are going to do a great job, but I don't know if I can emotionally invest myself into another Game of Thrones.
0: I wish people would stop saying another Game of Thrones, because it is absolutely not another Game of Thrones. This... I, I think I, the know, thing I can't do. I can't do another
1: six seasons of Game of Thrones of being like, <laughs> okay, what do we have? to, All right, oh, exactly. who's talking about Come it? On. Who's watching? There's no it? way that
0: this would only be six seasons. This is gonna be like fifteen, my friend. I know. <laughs> Um, I I just so having watched all three episodes, and actually had to watch the first or the third episode, like the beginning of it, three times because we just had having to stop it. Having watched all three episodes, I think the very important thing to remember, and I like that they do tag it this way, and it's something to remember about the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, too. And we had to adjust to that, is that these are based on on those books. They are not an exact replica of those books. There is going to be artistic liberties that happen in these shows. And to go into it and think that it is going to be a purist either world or wheel of time is ludicrous. It's absolutely ludicrous. And like I said, you know, one of the things that struck me was how little armor that land had. That being said, watching lan and his sword play and just watching him absolutely eviscerate anything that came near moraine i was like holy shit that guy's a badass immediately you felt that way you did not think oh you know he's just this weakling no he is fucking badass and then watching moraine channel uh, again like you said zach i i I know shri was watching it and i heard her go oh shit just (laughs) got real Yeah. And and I do remember when I read Eye of the World, it did strike me that the women were the most powerful thing. Obviously, you have the dragon who is going to be like the be-all end-all, but we know what happens, right? We know what happens with Lewis Theron. We know that that the world broke because of him. So we know that yes, he's the most powerful, but it's also the most destructive. And it has to be stopped and like i we were talking about cuz they find someone who's claiming to be the dragon reborn in the very beginning of the show with yeah. the red aja find him and they talk you know you can see the moment where they separate him from the one power like you see that like it, the, whoever portrayed that that character did a great job cuz like everything about his body and his face just changed and it just went lifeless. And they talk about that in the books about how it directly affects them when they're cut off from the power. And it was, Oh, uh, it's really good. The other thing that I really enjoy and I didn't realize I was going to enjoy it is the fact that like, I remember reading the books and I never, never once thought, and maybe I'm wrong. You guys correct me. Cause again, it's been 30 fucking years since I read eye of the world. At any point during the book in the books did they describe Perrin as a black man?
1: No, but he only ever actually describes Matt and Perrin by their physical size. Okay. Uh Matt and Perrin and Rand are all known for being pretty much taller than everyone around them. But Matt is described yeah. as being uh very thin with like a real wiry strength. Yep, and Perrin is of course just a brick shit house. right and he's supposed to... to be he's supposed to be like six four and he is a lean like 260 he's supposed yeah, to be huge he is. but they and they describe like a, a thick curly brown hair but i don't remember like skin Rand's skin is described but he's supposed to look irish
0: right right with the red hair because he's oh, wait, very clearly political? different
1: is it spoilers
0: yeah. to say that he's actually an isleman uh kind of but, oh kind well. of. I mean, come on. The books have been out you, for a long time. <laughs> you had
1: thirty. You had thirty
0: years to read them. Right. I, we'll stop at that with spoilers. But I like that we see so many different colors in this show. I mean, yeah, Moraine is like this pasty white, and Land looks Asian, and Perrin is black, and Egwene looks Indian, and Neneve is black, and and you see it, it, it. I mean, at this point, you know, we talk about like. Being able to watch a show and being able to identify with a character, anybody's going to be able to sit down with this show and be like, "Okay, I can identify, you know, I see me in this show. And that's great. I like that they did that.
1: This is also a world that due to ecological and other disasters, everyone had to just move to different places and survive. Right. Especially, I think the two rivers is, is described as like a melting pot. Where a bunch of different people had to come together and uh, flee the Trolloc Wars.
0: Yep. And that is exactly how it's represented in the show. So I think I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Uh, In fact, I actually kind of want to go back and rewatch the first three episodes because I thoroughly enjoyed them. They're a little slow moving, but there are some moments where you're like, oh, shit, uh, which is great. I did go ahead and purchase Eye of the World again on my Kindle so I can reread that book. Uh, Again, it's been 30 years, so it's going to be like reading it for the first time. Did not mean to sidetrack us that much. We're actually running out of time here, so I'm going to just speed through the rest of the news so we can actually kind of look at care. We may not even get the character creation guys i
2: was gonna say as somebody who uh with the remake thing i spent my weekend watching cowboy bebop
1: so
0: how is okay fuck we are not gonna get into our show at all
1: how I was, was that? that but we'll just talk about other things yeah
2: i was gonna say the uh again i am very much in, a, in, in the frame of take it for what it is right you can't i mean i i I really enjoyed the anime. Like, it is so good. It's probably one of the best, like, the guy knew what he was doing. It ended horribly perfectly. It. I mean, it just, it ticks all the boxes. Um, and then seeing this here, they do a good job. Like, it's in the vein. It has the flavor. You get the feeling of it. Um, it's not direct from, because it can't be, because it's an anime. But I think that's where I've seen, again, a lot of hate towards it already. Of It's not, you know... You take something that's people love, and then you turn it into whatever M Night Shyamalan did with the Avatar, right? Like you, you're gonna what? gonna have some hurt feelings. I've talk. actually heard about that. Yeah, no, you gotta just it didn't exist and ignore I it. Think and I think you're
1: confused. There has been no live action Avatar.
2: Yeah, my bad. So uh, I, that that's it, awesome. it, it's very how disheartening right like you want to go out and you want to take something that you love and be a part of it um the guy who plays lan has wanted to play lan forever like that was his character growing up like he wanted to be him and you see those people that want to i have an opportunity to play this character that inspired me and then you go out and you put all this effort and love into it. And people hate you for it because you don't look like an anime character. That stuff stinks. But Cowboy Bebop is fun. Enjoy it for what it is.
1: I, I did. I have. And I would I would say of all the animes that you're going to try like this, but like did the, the high profile, the really, really popular, the really, really good ones for you to try to do a live action one. Cowboy Bebop's lived-in 90s-styled uh, future would be the best one to do. Like, when they go to Mars and they go to Earth and they go to Jupiter, like, they aren't futuristic buildings. Everything looks like New York in the 90s. Like, what an yeah. easy one to do. Like, you just go out onto the street and, like, then you just add some ships through the sky and post and suddenly you're you're on Mars in the future. Like, could you imagine trying to do... Evangelion. I mean, right. Guillermo de Toro tried. It's called like it took him a whole movie to do. Like you're not going to be able to do a show of that.
2: Well, and, and again, you get movements and stuff like that of some animes. Uh, again, you can't do you. You can't do Goku. You know what I mean? Like you, we know what he looks like. He, you know, you can't have somebody play it. So that I, those kind of things are really tough. It, yeah, like could you, it? It felt like you, you added like fifty like years. Ball? Right.
1: It was terrible, like, by the way. It was
2: the one attempt ate, was not
1: good. It was but rough. like even then, like there's things that you can get away with in a cartoon because you've immediate like this. These are not real people. This is a drawing, so your suspension of disbelief is even easier. That's why uh, cartoon musicals work so much better than movie musicals. And the the,
2: uh, it, it it felt like if you added like. 40 years of technology onto firefly for me like you know like i could see those being in the same universe like you know what i mean like that that kind yeah. of stuff and and it, it is it's a it's a simplistic western style gunman you know outlaw they called the cowboys for a reason right so i don't know it, it's fun There was a lot of good shows that came out on netflix so it's it, a lot of stuff to process this week
0: yeah, I, I need to watch the League of Legends anime. I need to watch Cowboy Bebop. I've got a list of things that I need to watch. Think, think, Thanksgiving's coming, so i <laughs> sure he's going to oh, yeah. be gone in the morning. So if I'll you have
2: Disney Plus as well, um, as far as fun stuff to watch, uh, the, the Star Wars Visions has been a joy. Oh. Uh, so what they had done was they had gotten with a group of anime creators and said, give us some Star Wars stories. Don't do anything of anything you know. Let's see what happens. And so you get these little 12 to 20 minute videos inspired by Star Wars. And they just tell a little quick story Uh, every now and then. They're seeing people just take off the creative gloves and go nuts. I, I think the very opening one is very much a samurai Uh, showdown of a wandering ronin type situation and and happens to be there he's got the hat on his r2 unit so (laughs) uh, he has he's like a a sword collector style with samurai swords but they're lightsabers he collects crystals the bad person shows up and whips out this umbrella looking thing that has lightsabers on it so again you couldn't do that in real life but in an anime you're just like all bets are off let's go nuts yeah you're just here Um, for it So if you ever watched the, the animated matrix series kind of thing where they had done that feels like that for star Wars and they're, they're, they're fun little 15 to 20 minute things. But if you, if yeah, if we could just let somebody go nuts with that universe, Holy crap. (laughs) Just, just, just go nuts with the wizard and you see it and like they're powered up through crystals and all of a sudden they're cutting through fucking starships. And I'm just like, I don't know what's happening, but I'm here for
1: it. So. Yeah. We're, We're not going to get to the topic today. Do you guys see (laughs)
0: Dune? I was going to ask that. I have not watched Dune yet.
2: I have not yet. I had a friend that very much said, "Go see it in theater. Do yourself a favor."
1: So, I do think I was able to go to a feed. I think I went last Sunday at two. There was me and two other people. So I wore my mask. I still felt safe. Um, Uh,
2: my my friend who is that my line of D and D. And Lord of the Rings and that kind of nervousness doing is his jam. And he was very impressed with it. He was super excited. Uh, very pumped that they are doing a second part. Uh, there were a few things that he didn't didn't follow the book exactly. But he was like, I can understand why. And this made there's, it good.
1: There's something. There's little stuff. I think. Some of like the flash forwards, because some of the characters can see the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a big deal. I think how. They did them was really well done, but at the same time, maybe too much. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's one of those things where I don't think they could have done better, but they still didn't do good enough. Which is not like at that point, like, it's that's not on the creators that you know they did the best that they could.
2: You're dealing with a very weird force, you're dealing with
1: a weird concept, and I think that they did the best that a person could without being in a book where you can just explain. Wow, Paul sees the future and he doesn't like it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Versus, yeah, telling someone something versus showing something is very
1: difficult. I think this is going to sound like so strange. I think this is the perfect movie to show why adaptations are so hard, because you have a book written with Herbert's artistic sensibilities, and then you have to take a director with their own artistic sensibilities and have them try to make something. And it's why Lynch's dune doesn't work, right? Because Lynch's sensibilities and Herbert's sensibilities just don't match. I don't think that's anyone's fault. I think that's just an aspect of an adaptation. But I think if you take Denis Villeneuve's his things, the things, the stories he wants to tell, stories about forbidden knowledge and the unknowability of other people, and government's not doing the right thing for everyone like i think you take the stories he wants to tell and you put it with dune well that really meshes i don't think another even arguably more competent directors could have done as good a job like well, with all respect to these men ryan johnson and jj abrams could not have made this movie
2: and i think you take of the uh... When you have big books like that kind of thing and epic tellings, you really do have to pick what's going to be important to you. If I, if you take Dune and turn it into a Marvel shoot em up blow them up type situation, you alienate people. You're like, cool like it's transformers all over again. you know what i mean like type situation like it's so much more uh, the hobbit versus the lord of the rings you you took the hobbit which is a, a well put together you stretch it out over three movies with a shit ton of cgi combat and it looks cool but that was like one of the only complaints i had heard about it was it's like you know now you've got Seal team six running through you know what i mean like it's just one of those things of it whereas like i felt like the lord of the rings like the combat was neat but it was very here's five minutes of an epic fight after two hours of, you know, like type situation. So I don't, I I think he, focusing on the right things helps a lot. Um, I also feel like when you get to those type of things, you can feel love for it come through. And I will say that again, as I look at like the new trilogy of Star Wars of people wanting to say, we're bringing it to the future. We're done with Lucas. We're bringing it to the future. And people are like, I like Lucas. I like the past. I want to see what happens. Like, do then, You know, Ray could have been her own thing in a future thing. Fifteen years after the death of Luke, and she would have killed it. She could have been trained. You're the next generation. The Force Ghost of Luke is teaching you. Like, why is she special? You know, you, you could have done that story, but to say, you know what, I I'm going to make Luke be my own thing, and it's like you don't own you don't own Luke. The world owns Luke at this point, right? Like, I think it's different for everybody and not having an homage to it. I I feel like the people who did the Dune thing, every single person I've seen talk about it has a, a deep love for what they created in a positive way of reference to what was. And I think that's kind of a same thing. That I, I felt that with Lord of the Rings as well. Um, the source material was very honored and respected.
1: So in conclusion, go see Dune. More of <laughs> um, the story. They did a good job. If you huh? have okay. to, if you have to watch it on HBO Go Max, HBO Go, whatever it is, I why not? Um, they've already announced part two. Denis Villeneuve doesn't need you to go see it in the theaters so he can blackmail the studio into letting him make part two. They already announced it.
2: Um, the, yeah. the The cast looks really good. Did that come Every, through? Everyone as
1: well? does so well. Um I'm, Baron Harkonnen is the scariest thing I think I've ever seen. They do such a good job with making what was kind of like this is gonna like sound weird, but for a, a person who is supposed to be so corpulent that they literally cannot move without an anti gravity device to make them weigh less. Like you typically like don't associate that with being horrifying but they do a great job of showing just how scary the harkonnens are that like these people they turn human beings into monsters like they're scary people yeah it's doing great
0: okay so have either of you watched the new ghostbusters
2: i've not is that out are are we talking about the brand new new one
1: yeah the brand new one it's out this weekend Um, i have not I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to do a confession here. I've only ever seen the very, very first Ghostbusters.
0: I mean, really—it's all you probably need to see. I haven't I mean, the seen. Very first Ghostbusters I haven't seen too.
1: Great.
0: They kind of go. They—they they definitely start sliding. So I, uh, the first one was uh, is just. Wasn't, fun. I actually watched the first one again uh, a couple weeks ago.
2: So I will say that I was a little. I was like, okay, what are they doing with this or whatever? And then I saw the trailer and I saw like, you know, oh, grandpa was a little bit weird and that kind of stuff. And I, I was like, again, you pick up the pieces from 10 years later. You don't reboot it. You get to tell your own story with reference to the old one. Um, so I was excited for it. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I will say the one that did it really well also was the, the, the remake uh, that J.J. Abrams did of Star Trek. And having Spock show up and be like, this is why. And everybody's like, I can accept this. Like, you know what I mean? Like they were all, everybody's like, cool. You, you paid homage to what we love. You get to tell your own story now.
0: Yep. I, I really enjoyed the newer Star Trek movies.
1: They're really good.
2: So Zach's is like, the new nope. good? <laughs> didn't like it or
1: didn't? I, I have seen them. I think. It's a good, I think those movies are a great explanation of why J.J. J. Abrams should never have touched Star Star Wars. Yeah, I can see that. Because, again, they are not, they do not appeal to my sensibilities. So. I,
2: don't know, I think we get but, used so to those styles, right?
1: I wasn't planning on going to go see the new Ghostbusters. Because, like, I don't have That's that good. attachment to it. I don't want to, like, I I've, I've seen Stranger Things. I figured it was just going to be that with jokes.
0: I don't know I, I i haven't seen it i've seen the trailers and i think it looks fantastic i i hope to see it
2: i love paul rudd so i'm in yeah
0: <laughs> i, I do <did> too.
2: <laughs> like i just i enjoyed that person like i can't imagine him being in a bad movie he's like ryan reynolds for me at this point oh he's in it i'm sure it's fine i mean even if he is just deadpool again like i don't you know deadpool in ghostbusters i'm down i'm for i'm i'm there i'm ready so you, I, I think that's kind of where i'm at with paul rudd i trust him as a as a actor it might be the same Denzel Washington movie over and over, but I know I'm going to get. He's funny, dude. I'm going to laugh my ass off, I'm sure. So,
0: yeah, I like. Plus,
2: you him. get Slimer with Paul Rudd. I mean, come on. I'm a simple Very guy. Very true.
0: <laughs> Very true. All right, guys. Well, we have come to uh, the, the our time limit here, and of course, I know we we all have stuff to do because we are starting our session zero today. Finally, getting back to the table after taking a little, almost a little over a month off. Uh, but we are finally getting back to it to uh, sit down and kind of see what everybody's doing. This is going to be our last hurrah in, in official 5e D&D content. We'll still be playing in 5e because we have other games to look at, Tola, Symbrum, so on and so forth. Uh, but this will be our last push with with, uh, with a with and d official campaign, ultimately ending in Curse of Strahd, which I'm super excited about. Like, like, cannot tell you... I have the finger puppets right here on my desk. They just sit oh, here you? to remind I do. They sit do here have to some, remind
1: me. I, I do have some minis for you. So
0: nice. We're so we're just going to do it. Yeah. You know what? We're just going to have fun. And I've already got the first adventure set. I kind of have an idea of how I want Session Zero to go. Depends on how far along in character creation you guys are. Nolan. <laughs> See, he knows. He knows. <laughs> um, I,
2: I will say that I have everything done except for what I'm going to play.
0: And it's been a month. <laughs> I
2: have, I have the story. I have the why. I just don't know what he does for a profession. So,
0: so we'll we'll sit down today and get all that hammered out. Um, I was talking with Sri last night about her character. Claire yeah the Archer Claire um, and what she's going to be doing a little bit it'll be nice I mean I, I love it when she plays Doxy because it's fun and you know what you're going to get kind of like the Denzel movies right uh, the Paul Rudd movies you know what you're going to get but it's interesting I, I really enjoyed when she played Claire so it'll be fun to see her do that I don't know what everybody else is playing so nobody's really communicated with me so it'll be interesting I think Dom's going to play Argon his his priest Yeah, probably
1: say. be a good idea
0: yeah i think we're gonna need a healer
1: (laughs) i I don't remember what his secret was is he gonna keep the secret that he had his organ oh i don't remember i'll have to talk to him about that i hope so because i don't remember it so it would still be a secret yeah (laughs) there you go don't tell anybody don't tell us shut the fuck up
2: (laughs) yeah I'm, i'm excited to see it i'm i don't know it's always terrifying getting the first couple out uh but I do have uh, maybe next week if we get through some character stuff. I did pick up a thing and I sent it to you guys as well uh, last week from Money Cook Games. Um, I saw that put out a little book about writing your best game ever and being playing your best game ever, and it has a bunch of people from the industry as well with some tips and tricks and some background and voice. And uh, one of the stuff was is if you know it's okay to play a trope, just add another trope to it and say you want to be. Hey, you were really like John Wick give him some personality combine john wick with c-3po he's very stoopful. he's very tedious he's a robot assassin let's go like (laughs) just just do a mashup of two characters it's fine they're great for a reason you like them for a reason so it's it's a pretty cool book they did also have one that is about uh writing adventures as well so sent those to you guys to look at but yeah looking forward to today
0: yeah some of the things just give you guys a heads up on what i wanted to talk about today was archetypes i was looking through the the creation process where they came from beyond the grave and they talk about having archetypes right i think that's what they said hold on (laughs) what aspirations not i I was like wait it's an a word and i'm saying it wrong aspirations i want to talk about what you want to do with your character. Like they talk about having short term and long term aspirations for your character. Like, okay, this is what ultimately, like, my character wants to stake a vampire. Okay, that's a great short term aspiration. What is your overall arc of your character? So I want to kind of talk about that today to see if we can add just a little bit more depth to the characters uh, instead of just being like, well, I'm a monk and I hit things. No, tell me more. But that is my,
1: but I am a monk and my aspiration (laughs) is to hit all the things. There, there, oh gosh! Now <laughs> I will start. So. I am going to start with the softest thing and punch it until it breaks, and then move on to the next hardest thing until I have punched the hardest thing there is. Listen, so you need something a little bit more. Dad.
2: I need you to grow up a little bit. Can you also kick some <laughs> things as well?
1: Nope. So <laughs> just years, punches all
0: headbutts. Years and years ago, when I was playing AD and D Second Edition, my friend Harold, the guy who got me into D and D, he created this samurai. His name was Fumio Kyoto. And I don't forget this name. I will never forget this character. <laughs> His goal, and if you knew my buddy Harold, you'd understand that this was perfect for Harold. His goal was to have sex with one thing, with one one of everything in Faerun. He died having sex with a red dragon. There you go. Well, That's a good way to go. He, he, he died doing what he loved. Like we were trying to kill this thing. And he's like, wait,
1: hold on. <laughs>
2: No, nope. nope. this is like a again, I well do? I what could you heal doing? you, I could help you, or I could
0: go out strong. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Uh and that's how we're gonna end our show this week, everybody. <laughs> that is our show for this week. I know we had a we had talked about doing the uh character creation for the game from Beyond the Grave. Maybe we will look at that next week. I don't know. There was a couple other things on the list today that we did not get to. Uh so the, there is some stuff in the show notes if you want to take a look at that, some stuff from chaosium as well as I think I removed the um Monster of the Week thing, so we could probably talk about that next week as well, Nolan. So make sure we, you guys get a chance to look at those, as well as the books that Nolan sent us from uh, Monica Games, because those might be interesting to talk about as well. So we will figure out a topic for next week. Until then, thanks everybody for
1: listening. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for listening to us talk about Dune. It was like,
2: ramble. Uh, it like to under. ramble.
1: Thanks for having me. Bye everybody. Bye everyone.